25 years of Jaguars football. He's looking for the end zone. Byron Leftwich, touchdown, Jacksonville on the opening drive. It is Wednesday, September 25th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, President and CEO of the Peter McNichol Fan Club, J.P. Shedrick. I still am not totally sure who that is. This is from a previous taped show today that our folks in the U.K. will enjoy a little later in the week. But welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, senior writer. Yeah, Joe's intros are always pretty good. Because I guess when you have eight hours to spend on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else he does all day, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Except write a line. It's a lot of work for, for two seconds, but it's a good two seconds. The, some days it's a good – some days it is. Um, we've got a lot to get to today. Here's what's coming up on the program. Jalen Ramsey talk. He did not practice today. His back injury or issue – and when was it determined? Kind of the last hour or so has been some scuttlebutt on Twitter, if you will. We'll get to that coming up. It's on to Denver, though. The Broncos are next, 0-3. The defense got home last week. Can they continue to keep that pace? Minshew mania is still on fire. Some running game adjustments on the offensive line. And as always, wide receiver Chris Conley joins us. Andrew Wingard. Safety, special teams, or uh, st- special teamer, teamser, team, team, whatever. Special teams player will join us, and of course, Jimmy Lockett, equipment manager, will unveil the uniforms. So a lot to get to today. Let's start off with all this Ramsey business. He did not practice on Monday on a walkthrough with an illness. The player's off day was Tuesday, and he did not practice today. He's on the injury list, at least pre-practice mm-hmm. injury list. As uh, not practicing today, he was not out there with a back issue. And then the last hour or so, the questions of when that injury issue was reported. Well, uh, Doug Marone didn't have much of an answer for that in his press conference today, but now some national media types have talked to Ramsey's agent, apparently, and they claim it was during the fourth quarter of the game on Thursday night. What do you make of all this now? Does it all matter? Does any of it? Does anybody really know what time it is? It's it's at this point. Uh, it feels like the story is going to evolve, change, be different day to day on everything. And I guess the bottom line is, you know, on Monday, I do know and I've heard from good people that the sickness was real. Yeah, I don't doubt that there's a back injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know, on an, on on drive time right after the uh, the sickness was reported, uh, Brian Sexton and I both sort of you know reacted with uh, skepticism, and I, I later got some emails saying, "Oh, you know, that was uh, rude, et cetera, et cetera." But you know, it's sort of a little. Uh, Boy who cried wolf a little bit, and that's not exactly accurate, but when there's so much going on around you and you make the trade request and, and then behave on the field, behave off the field, uh, the story is coming out all different, 
there's going to be skepticism now with whatever is said and whatever is done. And is it right? Is it wrong for us to be skeptical, for fans to be skeptical? I don't know. But that's the reality of it right now, that it's, it, it's such a confused, meandering storyline, such a weird storyline, that, uh, and there's not going to be facts involved. So you've got that's to correct. speculate on what you hear. And it's, uh, it's uh, confusing, meandering, all those things. I think the bottom line is, I don't think Jalen's going to change his stance on wanting to be traded. I don't get that feeling that's going to change. I don't get the idea that the Jaguars are planning to change their walk toward, hey, you are a player on our team. You have two years remaining on your contract, and players under contract in this league play. You're not going to be necessarily happy, but you know what? A lot of people aren't happy. Well, Jalen, <laughs> I mean, that's right. I mean, in, in a lot of walks of life, well, you, you still go to your job and you do it. Yeah, and he I'm is not, not making light of his feelings on it. But the reality is the team has a job to do in preparing for a game and putting their team on the field. Jalen is under contract, and I don't. It, there's sort of a good faith thing in the NFL that if you're under contract, you're going to play to the best of your ability. I think that's what they're counting on. And I think he will because he's a pro and he's a great player who wants to be he great. He loves football and wants to play. We've yeah. heard all that stuff. So we know all that something comes him. off of that track, yeah. I guess that's the track that I'm assuming it'll follow. And to give Jalen the benefit of the doubt on it, I think he'll follow that track. I think his back probably hurts enough for him not to play. And if he doesn't play on Sunday and it comes out that it was anything other than a back, then shame on him. Well, then, then that's a totally different, so a different story. Then and, we go down but I don't think road, there'll be shame on him. You know, there was the, the tweet earlier today from Adam Schefter saying that uh, basically it was, um, you know, he felt like it was a long shot that he even plays this week. I'm his paraphrasing. Back must be really hurt. I'm paraphrasing I'm that. I'm assuming that that's what it would be, that his back is so hurt that he can't play. But the gist of the tweet was basically is because of the standoff between the team and, that's, the, and him, which is – And that's a shame. But I don't see him just missing a football either. game over this – of a squabble with a front office. Because no. he's never missed a football game. Why would he miss a football game uh, if he's not hurt? Well, if that's what it is, it, it, it'll shake it. Maybe I'm just naive guy, JP. I don't and know. That's fine. But uh, I think he plays. If he's, he if plays he's healthy too. enough to play, he plays. And then, if he, and then if he doesn't, and it's because of the standoff, then you deactivate him until he's ready to play. Then, that's, then we're going down a path we haven't been down yet. Well, it's a that's a path that, that, that could be uh, out there. And, you know, I think there's a school of thought that you deactivate as you deactivate him until he's ready to play, you continue doing that. And if it turns into one week, two weeks, end of season next year, so be it. All right. Let's move forward uh-huh. from this Jalen Ramsey stuff today. And that'll but be I a topic. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, right. So move, moving forward. But tomorrow's a different day. Tomorrow's we'll a different see what day. happens, you know, 24 hours from now. Uh, let's, uh, Gardner Minshew, Jaguars quarterback, spoke today. Always an interesting conversation with the – the Jaguars quarterback now who came in, of course, in week one in relief of Nick Foles, and he's been the starting quarterback the last two weeks and will be now for the foreseeable future, at least the next month and a half or so for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You see his numbers there and what he did last week in that win on Thursday night football. He was already kind of taking over things in this city before last week on Thursday night football. Now it's started to, the snowball of Minshew mania has continued mm-hmm. since then. You know, now just hearing from him today, I, none of this stuff I don't think really phases him. Mm-hmm. I think he gets a kick out of it. I think he loves the fact that his dad gets interviewed now and does yep. stuff nationally in the 
you know, people know his story and what it took to get to this point. And I think he get a, gets a kick out of all of it, but it doesn't – don't let it distract from football now. This guy is locked in to what he has to do on a day-to-day basis in this building. I'm not inside Gardner's head, um, although it's got to be a – It's what a scene, yeah. man. <laughs> um, but my impression of the way he approaches things, and this is just from sort of watching it from – you know, 10 feet away in the press conferences and watching it as, as people do, is he understand the, that this mania thing is out there. Uh, he, today, he answered, you were there, 45 seconds worth of questions on Minshew Mania, right? Mm-hmm. During the press conference. Um, my guess is from the time he landed from his trip back from uh, Pullman until the end of the game on Sunday, that that 35 or 40 seconds is about what he'll think about Minshew Mania. He says it, and he's a fun guy, so everybody else will talk about it. There'll be clips. There'll be Sports Center, There'll be the mustache stuff. Our, our marketing people will be mustache, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> and that's all great. But once, you know, I'm pointing to the hallway, which is where football begins around here. Correct. Once he's in there, I think the 45 seconds that he talked about it and answered a couple of funny questions are about as much thought as he gives it. And I think that's the way. Remember, this is not new to him. This he's is been, not a he's novel. He's been this for a long time. He was yeah. this guy in Washington uh, all of last year, Washington State, all of last year. Uh, so to him, this is just something that's risen up again. What's striking, JP, what's j- j- the most fascinating thing I've ever been around in 25 years doing this, it's almost like there are parallel universes uh, with the Jaguars right now. There's the weirdness that is Jalen Ramsey. And when I say weird, I don't mean he's weird, but that, that story is bizarre. Sure. And it's blown up pretty quick. And that's blowing up, and it's this, it's this boy, things are just a mess. Like nationally, they think this is overwhelming the building. I don't feel like that's overwhelming the, overwhelming the building at all, the Jalen Ramsey story. It's overwhelming the media covering it. Sure. But inside the building, it's, okay, Jalen, he, he's always been a little bit of a sideshow. Now it's just a little bit of a different level sideshow, but that's over here. And then there's the weirdness that is Gardner Minshew. Never the twain shall meet. And I, I, I don't think either of them are actually affecting what's going on in the field that much, which is that for the last seven quarters, this team's played as well as it's played in a year. It's, that's the fascinating part it's, of it. It's a fascinating thing. Yes. What gets lost in all of it is that the team's playing well, and I feel like they have a chance to win the next couple of games and really get back into this thing. I think the team feels like it's playing well, and these other two things are just – things that people are talking about because it's fun to talk about and that kind of thing sometimes i mean what if that what if those outside noise things are what brings this team together inside i mean because yeah, maybe ever since those things have happened yeah well guess what like you said they've played really good football yeah, they can keep a, that up an somehow element among the players especially on defense of hey jalen's gonna do his thing and that's fine we love him we want him on the field because he's great but no matter what happens we're good yeah, we still have to go out there and play, yeah. the rest of us. And this defense for the past seven quarters, a lot of it because of Jalen, but as much of it uh, because of the pass rush the other night, is playing at a level that matches for the last two games anything they've done in the last, what, three or four years, and they've been really good. And I don't really think that they're affected by the whole Ramsey thing, except for the fact that when he's on the field, Boy, is he a lockdown corner at that one spot. But I, I feel like they think they're pretty good, maybe great with him and near great 
no matter what he decides to yeah, do. They have other good players back there, too. Obviously not at that level. I'm not saying they're at the level, but they have well, guys that have experience. Well, their pass rush as a whole, their, their defensive front as a whole, as good as Jalen is, the defensive front and the line rotation is still the most important thing about this team, regardless of how good Jalen is. Because it helps that back in, I think, it, whoever's back there. Certainly. If the defensive pass rush plays like it did the other night, doesn't matter who's playing back there. I like that. Uh, let's move on on offense now a bit here. And, you know, the running game has been a big topic this week. How do you fix the running game? Well, Doug Marone earlier in the week said it, it's really, you know, it's not a lot with having to do with Leonard. You know, he's doing what he can, but he doesn't have a lot of time to do certain things. When defenders are in the backfield and he had negative yardage before the long run of 69 yards late in the game last week on Thursday Night Football, finished with uh, 66 yards total in that game. But when he's getting hit behind the line or at the line of scrimmage, it's hard to get any momentum, but that starts up front on that offensive line. They've got to figure it out in the running game. They've been good in pass protection. They're giving Gardner time and all that. But to really make this thing sing over the next month or two, they've got to have a balance there. Gardner's got to have a run game to support him to open up that defense a little bit and, and vice versa to get the run game going. they got to continue to pass it. But it really it starts up front with that group, and they've, they've had some guys coming and going the last couple of weeks there. He's, he's missed some holes. Leonard uh, has. Y- yeah. yeah, and – he is not uh, or has not shown to be the sort of missability type back that you would love. But when you're negative three, 14 carries, that ain't on the back. It's negative to, three yeah. for 14 carries means you're getting hit in the backfield before you have a chance to get started more often than not. So is it all the offensive line? No, but when you have that kind of stat, things are getting blown up. I keep on getting these letters or I... These emails, why don't they try another back? Um, because 27 is not doing anything wrong. What I'm not sure Armstead is going to make a guy miss when he takes the ball and literally is hit. He's five yards behind the line. So sure. uh, I don't doubt the other two backs are going to play at some point and they're going to play key roles. But this was their plan all along to have him play these downs. Right. But right. and because yeah. they believe that him in the game, because he's turning into a very good third down back, the looks they can give. When you put another back in, the looks, that back tips off what they're going to do. And I don't think they're as good in the passing game or, as, or in pass protection as uh, Fournette is. With Leonard, it's much the same concept as why teams often go two tight ends. You're hard to read what they're going to do. When Leonard's in, they can do anything in their offense they want to do, and they're balanced. There's no key. There's no tip-off based on him being in the game. Um, so I just think there is a school of thought when they look at, okay, who are we going to play in there? Who's our best guy? Well, Fournette, are we going to get something more from putting somebody else in? Right now, no. At what point, though, I, the question for me is, is this many reps for Fournette a bad thing for Fournette? Can he handle this kind of workload, and how long can he handle it? Because I don't think he's ever had this kind of workload. No, but he's not getting an incredible number of touches yet. I mean, it's right. not like he's up around 25, 30 touches in right. terms it's not of like, his know, carries. In the old days where he uh, had 35, yeah. He had, what, 15 or 16 the other night? So yeah. He's on the field a lot, yeah, but he's, he's, not, the, getting, he's so, not running 30 yards each time. Uh, right. uh, fair question. I would expect it to 
wane a little bit as time goes on. Because it felt like in the game, he took some shots the other mm-hmm. night. Like in the passing game, he took a couple of hits and was, I don't know, it wasn't dinged up. I don't want to go there. But you could just tell there's a little frustration towards the end of that game, I think. And I don't know if it had to do, we haven't had a chance to talk to him this week yet. Yeah. If it had to do with. If you're getting hit two yards on the line of scrimmage, you're going to get frustrated too. That's right. So, yeah, I mean. I think that's a little bit of it. But Maybe exa- I mean, on the long run, you'd never see him get run down on a run like that. True. You know? True. And that had to be from from just a little exhaustion. To his credit, uh, I think this deserves to be said about him. It bubbled during his rookie year. It really blew up last year. All the criticism of how this guy was off the field, his approach, all that stuff got called into question. His dealings with the media, et cetera. All of it was either an underlying or – Flat out out there with the statement uh, from Coffin at the end of last season. Um, whatever the motivation and how long it lasts, he can't have approached things better this year. He has been professional. He has been a stand-up guy. Even beyond the dealings with us, everything you hear is that we couldn't have asked for a better approach in terms of how he's approaching things mentally as he is right now. Uh, there was no frustration after the game the other night. He didn't come out and say, hey, if my line had blocked better, we'd have done this. You don't get that from this guy. So uh, as much as he's been criticized for these sort of things in the past, I think he deserves credit for how he's approached things this year. It's been good so far. It really has. And yeah. he stands there and answers the questions, yeah. as dumb as they may be. Right. Uh, but he stands there and answers them the best that he can. With, I think it's been good so far. With, to his credit, some guys come out and do that, and it's clear, I don't want to be here. There's really been no eye roll. There's no. really been – And there was some of that in the past. Like yeah. When you're talking to him, he, he's – He's uh, on his best behavior, and I have no reason to think that that won't continue. And uh, your credit to him because that probably wasn't the easiest thing in the world for him to do. But when he's in that mode, which he is now, he's a pretty engaging guy. If oh, you sit there and talk to him, he's fantastic. He, he's one of the – I mean, next to Minshew, who like, That's different. might have a career in stand-up comedy, <laughs> uh, he's as engaging as, and, as, and as good an interview as there is in the locker room when he wants to. Let's come back. We'll uh, touch on the Broncos, what their issues may be. Well, I don't know if we'll figure them out, but uh, we'll, we'll touch on some of the stars on that football team that don't have any sacks yet, too. Yeah. This is a defensive stars. Answer. It really is. We'll get to that. And we'll take your social media questions that were asked a little bit earlier today. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, football season is heating up, and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas at TIAA Bank Field. Host up to 50 of your closest friends, family, and colleagues for a -a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Take a dip in the luxurious Exalta Spa. Enjoy the game from relaxing lounge furniture and indulge in all-inclusive food and beverage. Go to jaguars.com slash group tickets or call 904-633-2000 and book your cabana today. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. 
saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. We're back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group continues. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, glad you're with us. Coming up later, Chris Conley, Andrew Wingard, Jag Safety. Oh, Jimmy Luck, too, head equipment manager, will join us about, uh, oh, gosh, 10, 12 minutes or so, give or take. If he's on cough on time or not, he'll, he'll be on time. He'll unveil the uniforms. Jimmy Luck's a stickler for punctuality. He is, in fact, and we'll get those uniforms unveiled. Um. The Denver Broncos are 0-3. The uh, quarterback situation, they traded for Flacco. Mm-hmm. He's the guy there. They like Locke, but he's hurt right now, the, the young guy. Um, and their defense has kind of been their strength over the last few years, obviously back to the Super Bowl run a few years ago when they had that run before Malik, Malik Jackson, the Super Bowl run and all that stuff, and Von Miller's been there. Some of those guys are still there, but they're not you know, putting up the statistics they – I think expect year yeah. over year in Denver. They don't have any sacks as a defense with Chubb and Miller on the defensive side. It seems they were a team that realistically knew this was going to be something of a transition year. It's why you bring somebody like Flacco in, you draft who you hope will be the quarterback, and you hope that by the end of this year you've shown improvement and you feel like you're going a positive direction with possibly the new quarterback. Um, their plan from afar seems to be uh, – we have a really good defense that can create things, win some close games early, stay in it, and feel like you're going to get going. When you're in transition, that's what you hope to do. The plan sort of worked in the sense that they had the Chicago game in week 2-1 and let it slip through their fingers. I think the one thing that it sounds like hasn't gone to plan with them, when that's your plan, you have this kind of a defense, you don't expect your numbers to be zero takeaways and zero sacks. If those numbers were more what they expected, it feels like their season would have gone a little more as what was expected. When you're counting on this thing that you have elite players doing and get nothing out of it, uh, by the same token, the old formula we talk about with this team all the time, their offense hasn't played well enough to get them leads, so they have not been in a lot of situations for sacks and turnovers to happen. Much as was the storyline around this team last year that, we, that uh, gets overlooked because people want to blame the defense for that, it sounds like the defense is still playing well enough to get those things, not in a position to. It's why, JP, I think the huge key for the Jaguars, it's always good to get up early because guess what, JP? It's better to lead than trail. Thank you. Um, but against this sort of a team on the road, you do not want to have this team get some confidence, get ahead of you, be able to start rush the passer. That gets them into what they do well. I think you'd rather have 0-0 zero, zero for a while than get in a hole. Uh, you would take a stalemate for a while rather than get in a hole against this team. Yeah, you, you get those pass rushers warmed up and going and pinning their ears well, back. Well, get them and excited, and all of a sudden, and, it, you know, oftentimes when you are struggling in an area, especially with sacks and turnovers, you don't get them for a while, and then they come in bunches. So let them get none and uh, keep that number at 0-0. Zero, zero. I talked to Jawan Taylor today in the locker room, the rookie tackle. He knows, I mean, this is a – uh, not a fun matchup, but it is a matchup that this is why you're in the NFL, right? Yeah. Von Miller's on the other side of the football. Yeah, it's 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 fun until it starts. That's right. <laughs> <And then> it, <laughs> that's how it stays fun. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, 60 minutes of fun. At sounds least. fun. 
because uh, it could be 58 <laughs> minutes of fun, and then the right. last drive when you need to, all of a sudden here's Von Miller. We saw it here a few years ago. Yeah, he can. You know, in a moment's notice, he can a, be there. As Doug said, and he wasn't blowing smoke about this, uh, they have two pass rushers, and there's only you know a handful of them in the NFL. They have a couple that can end games and can, and can dominate games. Jaguars have one in Calais. These guys have one in Von Miller. Offensively, it's, it's kind of weird seeing Joe Flacco in another uniform yeah. besides purple in Baltimore. Well, and I think there's the expected struggles of a, a new quarterback coming in, new system. He's usually a guy with the Ravens. They knew exactly what they wanted to do with him, and when he was right, they had a great defense. They took a lot of shots deep. He's a very accurate deep uh, ball passer. Um, it's tough to just uh, – incorporate that quickly into an offense other things have to be going well they want to be able to run run well then have play action that's when he's at his best uh they haven't been able to go downfield very well his uh, yards per attempt is or his yards per attempt is very low uh for him so it just seems like they've had trouble getting the entire system into a place where it supports what he wants to do you mentioned the running game there they have a couple of running backs they lean on there mm-hmm. royce freeman and philip Lindsay. Uh, two-headed running back room yep. there in Denver, a little different than here right now. Well, the Jaguars did a very good job stopping the run against Tennessee, and it enabled their pass rush to get off. They didn't do a great job against that in uh, in Houston. This needs to be a game where they play like they did against Tennessee in order to get to Flacco. See what happens. You gotta, and yeah. they were not a great uh, defense against the run the first two games. were better on uh, Sunday or on Thursday against the Titans. Uh, against this team – much the same as with their defense. You don't want to have these running backs start getting into a rhythm early and feel like you can run uh, because that's what they want to do. All right. We have a look at the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's uh, get to social media questions. Jimmy Luck coming up in just a few minutes. We'll get to the uniform unveiling. Uh, let's go to our social questions. Now, we had those earlier today on you know social media, Twitter, <laughs> at John Osier. Right? People like social media. At J.P. Shadrick. People like Twitter. Some people do. 140 cares. Some people don't. It's more than that now, right? That's 280. 280 yeah. now, right? Gene Fernet loves Twitter. He had a day today on Twitter, by the way. This is from Carpe Futurum. Why is Adam Schefter such an entitled little child that he continues to push his own narrative on the Jalen Ramsey situation rather than simply, you know, report? This is pretty interesting. After um, some of the tweets today, the last couple days, some fans are responding to Schefter here. Yeah, I I have to admit I I don't I don't track Adams every move. I, do, I I see what he's been tweeting, but I assume that most of what the national guys Adam Ian Rappaport uh, they speak to the agents a lot and speak to team executives when they can, and the agents are usually the best source of information. So usually the the agenda, as it were is what the agent is telling them what's going on. So my assumption until proven otherwise is that's what's going on. When you're a national guy and you're covering all 32 teams, you report, you throw everything out there that you hear and uh, let the winds blow out information as it may. So I don't know that he has an agenda necessarily. I don't think he cares about the Jaguars when we're there enough to have an agenda. Um, My guess is is it's being uh, whatever the agent is pushing is uh, is what Adam's reporting, and that's usually what reporters do. And Ian Rappaport actually had some today with uh, Jalen's agent on the record. Actually mentioned him by name today as yeah. saying this or that or this. So that's, yeah, that's and, fairly and, rare. Um, 
often in this situation, yeah, it, it's, it's so strange that you get tweets and then you get this reporter, after this reporter has a tweet, then this reporter is, is uh, jumping out there and saying, okay, now I need to push the story a little further. In 140 characters, it's a, it's a half a sentence that pushes it a little more. Well, I had something you didn't. So this Jalen thing is going to play out as it plays out. Uh, there's going to be, out of 20 tweets, there's going to be three that have some misinformation in it that tilt the wrong way, and then it gets corrected, and over time you'll get the idea of the story. It's bizarre. It, it, it's a bizarre story that I get the feeling will go this way once, this way the next day, this way the next day, and up and down. And it's, uh, it would be a different story if there was no social media. Right, back in the old days. Yeah, I mean, it would take until tomorrow to find out. A different dynamic, and things would calm down a little bit. As it were, I just think it's going to be weird. It's it's going to be weird, and I'll believe that Jalen doesn't play when I see it. I agree with that one, yes. Is the biggest thing to keep an eye on. Yep. If he doesn't run out of that tunnel, that's when I'll believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if he doesn't, and, and he doesn't go onto the field, and, you know, then shame on him. But I don't think that'll happen. Or he's hurt. Or he's at. He could be absolutely hurt. Right. right, right. But if he's not hurt and doesn't run out, then we got issues. Then that's a different thing altogether, and it, and that won't help him in, uh, in all this it, stuff in what he ultimately wants. Correct. So, all right. Next question at Real Steve Hassan. And this is a name we haven't heard from in a while. What are your thoughts on how the linebackers have been performing without Telvin Smith? I mean, imagine that. That's in this calendar year too. Everything yeah. that's going on in this season. We forget it, but the Telvin Smith's not here anymore. Is there a are there a bunch of fake Steve Hassans out there? That, I guess. I mean, is that just, he just this is like the Ohio State rampant. University? Just a, all these rampant, fraudulent Steve Hansons out there. Everywhere. Um, Hassan, I'm sorry. He, uh, I think they're fine without Telvin Smith. Yeah, I, I mean, linebackers are playing fine. Quincy's uh, playing pretty Leon good. Leon Jacobs played uh, perhaps his best game of his career the other night. It's, it's a different position. Quincy Williams, he. He can run, he can hit, he can chase the ball. Uh, I said all offseason, I think Telvin's a good player, made impact plays, but out of the many defensive players in this team who are key, although he was maybe the sixth or seventh guy on a list of players they couldn't afford to lose, and I'm not trying to criticize Telvin, it's just that the defensive line is so important on this team, Jalen, A.J. Boye, even Miles, key positions, weak side linebacker, if you can run, hit, and chase, and listen to what the – middle linebacker can tell you, you'll be okay. And I think Quincy Williams is fine. Yes, he's been very good. Real Steve Hassan. Not the fake one, right. the real one. Next question, at Matt Curley Riser. Uh, Jags struggle on the road out west. Why doesn't the team travel as far in advance as possible to better acclimate themselves, especially in high-altitude locations such as Denver? Surely they can find an available practice field. Well, I'll say this. I know the Jags are going early to Oakland, they're going a day yeah. early. They sometimes will do the West Coast, you know, because of the time zones deal. Yeah, I've never heard of going early to Denver though. No, not to acclimate stuff to altitude. I guess it wouldn't be a terrible idea. Uh, typically, what teams want above all else is to keep their practice preparation routine for the players as normal as possible. It's, it's why they try to leave as close to the same, same time on Saturday. Uh, when, when they went to London a few years back, everything was catered to try to keep that as normal as like home. 
so the thought process is what can we do to have our practices be as good as possible in preparation and let the other things uh, take care of themselves. So that's why you don't do Denver. I've never heard of Denver. Uh, and this team really hasn't, uh, I haven't gotten the idea that they perform poorly in Denver. Now, the far West Coast has been a disaster for 15 years. Sure. But uh, Denver doesn't really fit into that. Uh, I don't think that's as big of an issue going out there. I don't feel the same passion as the reader does. Yeah. I asked Calais in the locker room yeah, Monday, I guess, how real is the altitude thing? He's from Colorado, you know, and he hasn't been in Colorado for a long time. Yeah. He's been in Florida, Arizona for a while. Um, and he said, you know, really it's the first couple of drives of the game. Mm-hmm. You're sucking wind a little bit, and then you get used to it. You play. Yeah, I, At uh, least that, that's his experience. That's right. what he told me. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, if you notice not, JP, I, I am not a world-class athlete. I'm a world-class other I was, things. I didn't realize that. Uh, but I've, 25 years ago I went out there and I was, I was running relatively consistently. I went out, I was in Boulder, actually to do a story on uh, Tony when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Went out and the first 100 steps, I felt like my lungs were collapsing. Uh, and sure enough, they did. No. <laughs> um, uh, and it was a brutal it was a brutal difference. And I had dinner with Chris Hudson that night, who was also a rookie. And I told him a story and he laughed. He said, yeah, it's real. But I, teams I've been around since then have not had near the issue. I think when Denver's really good, there's a huge home field advantage. Yes. When they're not, they're, uh, it's not. So I, I haven't been around very many teams that have felt that that was a huge impact at the end of a game. I guess, I mean, what would be the next closest elevation team in the NFL? I don't even know. Maybe yeah, not really. I mean, in college, there's teams out there like Wyoming's higher. They, you know, yeah, right. There's guess yeah. Andrew Wingard. Sure, but there's really not anything altitude wise that compares. They're a mile high. Anything else? I don't think there's anything that really. No, there's nothing that close. Even starts a conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Might Good be question. something to Google later. Maybe we'll look into yeah. that. Uh, one final social question at Do Good One Hundred. I feel like this may be the best draft class we've had. How do you feel it stacks up with other drafts? Um. Three well, games in. Well, yeah, we'll take a look at the, sure. the draft class too. But um, what do you think? Three it, games in. It sure sh- it, it is sure showing the signs of being really good. Three games in. I don't want to you know go overboard with it, but uh, Josh Allen, he has done nothing to make you think he's not going to be a, a huge star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen Josh Oliver yet. Juwan Taylor is, is fine on the right side. I think he's going to be really good. Um, it'll probably wind up turning on Minshew which is what it'll do with a quarterback. Uh, you know, if, if you look at last year's, you know, you'll start to come on. Uh, DJ Chart, uh, Taven Bryan got a lot of heat, but uh, playing better. Their last three drafts, really, had no problem with solid drafts and, and, and going back to 16. So, yep. uh, overall, it, it, I would say their last four drafts have been very good. This one, if Quincy... If Josh Oliver is what we think he's going to be, looks so far like it's going to be very good. There's nobody yet that you're thinking, uh-oh, this is, going to go, this is not going to go well. Um, I think it's got a chance to be very, very good because of Josh Allen. But it is early. Let's That's say three that. Games we're three games yeah. going into week four of this draft class. There you have it. Social questions are in. Uh, we're back in a moment. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, joins us. We'll unveil the uniforms. What will the Jaguars wear? A mile high in Denver coming up on Sunday. Coming up at Daly's Place, busy schedule. Brantley Gilbert this Friday. 
Zach Brown, October 17th. Chicago, October 18th. This is Chicago, of course. Young, this is not Young Thug and Machine Gun Kelly. That's October 19th. And Bastille, October 26th. Tickets to dailiesplace.com. Back in a moment, Jimmy Luck with us. After this, it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. Waiting for the break of day. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, noted Chicago fan. John I'm, Osier. Not, I'm not a big Chicago fan, but they were, when I was growing up, they were a monster, monster band. They're huge. They're still going around. They're going to be a daily place. Sans Peter Cetera. Sans John Osher, it sounds like, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Chicago will perform Sans me. I know that can It's okay. They'll be back, too. They've been back every year. Jimmy Luck was with us every That's week. Right. I'm here. At Equipment Manager. If you hear this music, it's Jimmy Luck time. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, I, I know Chicago. I don't know much about the band. I know their songs a little bit. I, but I'm not from Chicago, so that probably hurt, hurts my chances. Mm. They were originally Chicago <laughs> Transit Authority. <laughs> Really? And they got <laughs> had to change the name because of the Chicago Transit. Oh, they didn't like yeah. it. Copyright deal. Back it down to Chicago. Thanks for that. That's about all. I appreciate that. Thank you. Here we all are. kinds of stuff today. So uh, we got a long road trip coming up. And first off, so you know, short week in the the home game, prime time under the lights and all that, and players get off. Mm-hmm. Does the equipment staff get off over the weekend too? They get away. Well, we, got, we got we got a little bit. <laughs> we got a little bit of time off. We did have um, we had some guys come in for treatment, so we were doing a few things here and there. It was good because it was slow, so we got some good work done and and some time off. Sleep oh, in a little bit, yeah. stay up a little late too. So oh good. really? No, you never yeah never do that. Now when you go home and you've got to do more laundry, like your personal laundry, that's just got to bum you out. It does because it took me all day Sunday. <laughs> Even though Peyton Manning's trying to push for uh, laundry day is Tuesday, I did it on okay. Sunday. Like, okay, more of this. <laughs> right. So now long trip to Denver. Um, what I mean, it's not cold yet. 
in Denver. So you don't have to worry about that. What do you have to worry about differently in Denver? Anything besides that? Uh, I mean, it's a grass field. Um, so we'll take the screw-ins like we normally have when we, anytime we play on a grass field. Um, it's been pretty warm up there, so I imagine the uh, at least the reports I've gotten is the field's in pretty good shape. So, um, But I do know the weather can change pretty quick up there. Um, a couple of years ago when I was in Atlanta, we went up there and it was – Probably 60 degrees at kickoff, and then by the time we were getting out of there, we were having to hustle because it was starting to snow. Whoa. So. <laughs> Jeez. But that was, you know, that's it was a little later in the year. So, but I mean, weather rolls in pretty quick out there, but, you know, we will take everything we need. We'll have the rain jackets. Hopefully it won't rain, you know. That would be nice. That would be nice. We need the rain. Um, okay, well, let's get to it. You ready to unveil the uniforms? Yeah. Let's do Jimmy it. Luck, head equipment manager. What will the Jaguars wear Sunday in We're going with the. Uh, the black britches. Okay. And the white jerseys. White over black. And there's Calais Campbell. The captain himself. The captain. From the from Colorado. Right. So from that there. was kind of. Pretty and big AFC, game the other night, too. You know? Yeah, and AFC uh, Defense Player of the Week. All of that. It's a good look on the road. He's got to be one of the better guys for equipment to deal with, dude. I he's think. pretty easy. Yeah. I, mean, he's got, I mean, he's got a pretty big foot. He's 16, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we just ordered a bunch of them, and we, you know, we keep them in there. We stretch them out for him, and uh, yeah, he, I want to make sure he has some shoes to wear. Yeah, he's he's pretty low maintenance, though. <laughs> so. He's a good guy. Takes care of us. All right, white over black oh, for good. the Jags in Denver. That is a good look. It'll look good with a W beside it too. How about that? That's right. That Three stars nice. on that C too, by the way. Not That's quite. right. Yeah. Three-time <laughs> captain for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and going back home to face those Denver Broncos, his uh, the team that he liked as a kid. Uh, hey, uh, Jimmy, good to see you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for, for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the education on Chicago. Oh, there's more. Come by the desk later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there he is. I'll Google some stuff for you. All right. Back in a moment. Chris Connolly joins us. Uh, Andrew Wingard as well. Jaguar Safety will be in studio. And we will get our players to watch when we come back. There you have it. White the over mayor. black. The mayor of Saxonville with three sacks last week. He's going to his hometown to face the Broncos this Sunday. Back with more, it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. 
All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. We're back, Jaguars Happy Hour. Presented by the Fields Auto Group. The Jags have launched a new mobile app that secure digital ticketing. The all-new official Jaguars app features exclusive content, live game streaming, enhanced game day alerts, and much more. In addition, look for secure digital ticketing. That means screenshots of tickets are no longer allowed. Download or update the official Jacksonville Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. I see, Joe Fortunato, what you did. A little stretch, but that's okay. Side of with the Memphis Blues. I like that head. Uh, thank I you, like Joe. That. Real nice. That's great. All right, let's, let's get to our players to watch. Uh, Chris Conley coming up. Andrew Wingard scheduled to join us as well. Uh, they're in meetings. So when meetings are done, they'll come join us. Meantime, in the meantime, we'll get our players to watch this week. Uh, John, do you want to go first this week? I went first last week. Uh, yes, I will go first. And uh, if you throw up the graphic, I'll yeah. tell people who I am. Uh, one is uh, Dee Dee Westbrook. And I, I guess I'm not sure after today he, uh, what his injury status is. I'm going to assume he's going to play for this segment. Uh, probably had his most difficult game in the NFL since he really got going last week. Uh, no, he didn't play like he wanted to. Um, one thing about him, He's got a body of work that shows you that's not really who he is. He has not been as productive early in the season as he would have liked, mainly because they've been going to DJ Chark, uh, going to our guy Chris Conley. Uh, at some point, Didi is going to take off and have the same kind of year he did last year, uh, if not better. And so when he gets back in the lineup, assuming it's this week, I think he will start being more productive than he has been. And I don't worry about last week affecting him forward. Okay. So, D.D. is one of those. And the other one, you go to the cornerback room. Yeah. And uh, because everybody's been talking about the Jalen Ramsey so much, I think it's easy to lose sight. And this isn't really a matchup thing with Denver so much as uh, A.J. Boye, I thought, against the Titans, played about as well as he's played since maybe the regular season of 2017. Um I don't know what Jalen's status is going to be moving forward the rest of the season. I think it might be a week-to-week weirdness kind of thing. Maybe he misses some games uh, because of the back. Maybe it's whatever. But if all of that's going down the other side, Boye getting back to what he was in 2017, and after last year, I wasn't sure that he would. Uh, But he played very well on Thursday. If he's got to be the lockdown corner, I don't want to say that he'll be as good as Jalen on the other side because that's tough. I mean, Jalen's otherworldly. But A.J. Boy at his best was an all-pro in 2017. If he can get to that level, they will feel the Ramsey thing a lot less than they ordinarily would have. I think he's going to be key moving forward. Okay, you've got Westbrook and Boye. Here are mine this week. I'm going to start with the Jaguars' offensive line. I know that's broad. but We picked the whole defense last week. I did, so I'm narrowing it down a little bit at least by six down to five. Well, you see some of the stats. Last week, they had eight accepted offensive holding penalties on the offensive line alone. I believe there are 11 total in the game on the Jags. If I'm, or on the season. For the season, yes. For the, the season, season, there have been 11 holding penalties on the Jags as a team. Eight of those accepted on the offensive line. That has to improve, certainly. 
Um, the rush yards per game has been a topic all week. How do they run the football effectively up front? It starts there on the offensive line. Can they get that push? Can they make the holes? Can Leonard find the holes? All that together, but at least get into the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. before contact. That's all five guys across the front there. And uh, keep them out of the backfield. And continue what you're doing in pass protection. That's what Jawan Taylor told me in the locker room today, that hey, we're keeping the quarterback pretty, mm-hmm. pretty clean here. It's just a matter of getting that push in the run game. So, that's a big focus this week for this offense. Yeah, some of the holding early on, I think they got caught up in the wash of it was way too much league-wide. There was a conference call on, on Saturday night, and it, it, it came back down to earth, got in a normal number by Sunday. So I think some of the holding will take care of itself. Uh, you got to run block better. If, if, if you had to choose, you'd rather keep the quarterback clean than run block because he's a rookie quarterback. But – they're beyond the point of having to choose. You've got to run block better than you have the first, in the last two games. They did okay against Kansas City. In the last two games, they struggled. Yeah, last two has not been good. Now, and my other one is on the other side, on the other defensive line, and or the defensive line, Yannick Ngakwe. You know, you could feel a little bit last week coming back off of uh, his first game missed in the National Football League in Week 2. He came back last week on Thursday Night Football, and he just didn't have that that finish you know the hamstring I think might have still been a little bit of an issue but he wants to play football and he he wants to be on the field and help this defense out and I think with considering who's on the other side this week a guy that all these pass rushers look up to in Von Miller it wouldn't be a bad thing for him to get out there and play well this week I think he'd love to do that and you see what happens with Josh Allen and the other when, when Allen was out there playing well so Ngakwe still has everything to play for, certainly. Um, the contract thing is gone for now, so he's playing on this deal, and he still wants to be on the field. He's not going to let an injury try to slow him down, but this is a big week for him to see how he can step back after. I think the hammy was still there a little bit last week. Well, two thoughts on that. Remember, he missed the Houston game. So to think that four days later – the hamstring was automatically going to be 100%. You don't go from not playing to 100% in four days. That's right. He played. He gutted it out. Uh, the other thing, you know, it, um, everybody handles things how they handle things. But it, it should be said that for all the criticism that Jan took for not being here during OTAs, not being here during camp, all the concern over what he would be, what he wouldn't be, um, when you deal with Jan and when you watch him uh, – if you didn't know there was a contract thing going on, you wouldn't know there was a contract thing going on. Yep. He, he is handling it exactly like a pro handles it. And I'm not saying Jalen hasn't, because so far I haven't seen anything to make me think that he's not from Jalen's actions, meaning how well he played last week, being there. So I'm not saying Jalen hasn't done that, but Jan sure has behaved professionally and approached it professionally. And he always has. I mean, just in his day-to-day business. He's been that guy from day one. When he first came back, uh, there's always, you know, Twitter is what it is. always whispers, well, what's he going to do? He has been, you know, nothing but a pro. You haven't seen anything in him to make you think that the contract's affecting him. Once he got inside the building, he's Jan. All right. And credit to him. So your choices this week, D.D. Westbrook and A.J. Boye, my choices this week, the uh, Jags offensive line. And Yannick Ngakwe, Jaguars defensive end. Our uh, normal guest host joins us now, Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, and his special guest today, Jaguar safety Andrew Wingard. 
Chris, what's up? Good to see you. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Good. Welcome good. to your show. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to <laughs> be back and to join you guys again and to be accompanied by Thor himself, uh, the man, the myth, legend, Andrew Wingard. So this is Thor. Where does Thor come from? Uh, pretty self-explanatory, I <laughs> yeah, think. I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> I'm just asking. No, no, no. He does cut his hair, though, in the new one. So, so will you be cutting your hair? I've been thinking about it, honestly. I'm not really. Gonna lie. I'm I would not gonna say lie. there is a there are a lot of fans who are attached to your hair already. Well, I I kind of screwed myself if I ever wanted to get a haircut because I grew my hair out at Wyoming and I just left it, and now it's this, and it's kind of just my kind of my brand. So. Um, maybe it gives me some mystical powers or something, and that's why I've made it this far. Samson. So if I cut it, I would, I would lose all my power. I, I will say, I from a guy who does not have hair anymore, keep right. it as long as you okay. can for as long as you can. I've I've heard that. Um, <laughs> you know, once you cut it, it <laughs> you miss it. But oh, for we'll sure. see. I don't Boy. know. Now, sure. obviously, we know uh, why Thor, but who first came up with it? It just happened sort of organically. I think Marone took credit for it at one point. I think it was Coach Marone, honestly. May as well give him credit if he wants I've had the most nicknames, though, I've ever had here. Okay. It's Thor, Dewey. Dewey has been my my main nickname. Dewey. So I'm either Thor, Dewey, or Sunshine. Sunshine. Sunshine makes sense. Sunshine. Whatever you want to call me. And and a lot of people call me Andrew, too. No one really calls me by my first name that much, but here I got those four names. I have four names here. So That's weird, Andrew. Where did that come from? That's my name. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It is kind of weird. Usually the only person that calls me Andrew is my mom when she's, like, pissed at me or something. But other than that, it's (laughs) Yeah, we'll stay away from that. We'll, we'll, We'll reserve that for mom. Chris, you were in a long weekend, right? I mean, so the short week is can be tough, the quick turnaround for a game on Thursday night, but you guys played well, got the win, and then you have a mini bye weekend. Yes. You spent your bye weekend in Athens, Georgia. I did. You were signing I autographs did. at the bookstore. Look. Yeah, no, I, uh, I went back to Athens to check out the dogs play Notre Dame, and uh, they won, not in the fashion that we really wanted. You know, we wanted more of a statement game, but... You know, this, this, these guys got to learn some things, but they got they got some talent. They got some talent. But it was a good weekend for us. You know, bye weekends are so much better after a win. And so, you know, it's, I can't overstate that. It makes it so much better being able to go home after you secure a win. But now we have a long week again where we can get back to the basics and prepare for another road game. And you misspoke. You said bye weekend. But that's really how you guys feel about it, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's not technically it's a bye. We but call it a bye weekend. For you, that's what it feels like. Yeah, no, that's what that's pretty much what most people call it. Right. Uh, after a Thursday night game, they'll call it a bye weekend, uh, just because uh, a lot of teams will give players, mm-hmm. you know, that time off to to go see family, uh, get their bodies right, and get prepared for another week. You get a bonus day sometimes, uh, but yeah, bye weekend. Now I talked to you late Thursday after the game, asked you about uh, the injury, and you weren't sure. Sounds like you've gotten better news about it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place. Uh, I feel good right now just listening to the doctors and the staff mm-hmm. and uh, going to do what they tell me, uh, trust them, and hopefully be ready for Sunday. Andrew, Thor, uh, what's the other nicknames? There's two or Dewey. three others. Dewey. Come on, um, <laughs> so let's go with Dewey. Dewey. Let's go with Dewey. Yeah, if, you, if you will. Uh, how are you holding up so far? I mean, you're a rookie in the NFL. Yeah. You made the team. Mm-hmm. You're contributing on special teams. You're getting some defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. How are you holding up? How are you playing so far? Uh, I think I'm doing well. 
Um, I'm just enjoying all this. You know, I'm not I'm not getting too high, not getting too low. Just being able to uh, go out and make plays, help the team out, get some turnovers, uh, set up the offense. That's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not like I said, not trying to do too much. I'm just going out and doing my job, and when plays come my way, you know, go make them. So I think you blasted the guy. Such, right? That is such a good answer. That is such a good <laughs> like. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank I didn't you. even brief him on that before coming in here. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that that's the way that he approaches the game each day in practice, the way that he approaches each of his plays out there on the field. There's not a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. but he's making the most of them. And you know, you're you're no stranger. You're no stranger to Colorado. Right. Cuz that's where you played your high school football. Mm-hmm. And so you've you've dealt with altitude. Yep. And you've dealt with you know, the things that they say could hamper football players. What do you think is necessary for guys going from the beach to mile high? I actually, Wyoming was worse than Denver was. Wyoming was 7,200 feet. So here's the thing. I honestly, I really don't think the altitude really affects guys that much because we played now you may he tell really me is four see out nothing affects him <laughs> nothing because san diego we played san diego state fresno state when i played at wyoming and they all came up and they were fine they beat us so oh man obviously the that honesty. wasn't too good but um i just think uh you know the beet juice is big time just the i like they were talking coach marone was talking about iron levels stuff like that making sure you know the oxygen's in the blood and uh just staying hydrated staying hydrated is huge um you know when i i was working out at exos out in california for my uh for the combine and stuff and i went back to laramie for my pro day and i could definitely feel it um you know i wasn't definitely wasn't hydrating enough so as long as you stay hydrated and uh you know in through the nose out through the mouth i I don't think it really affects people as much as they say so now are you caught up in what I'm sure you refer to as roommate mania? <laughs> this has been crazy, not okay. only for just Gardner, but for me and uh, Mike Walker's our other roommate. Like Gardner has packages coming in every day with just random stuff. And he's like throwing <laughs> clothes and hats on my bed like, hey, hey, man, everyone's sending me all this free stuff. You want some? I'm like, uh. Absolutely, I do. So it's been crazy, though. And does like, that get in the way of the pile of uh, free stuff that you're receiving? Is that the? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say I'm getting as much free stuff as Gardner, but but you're getting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take know, it. I'll so it's stuff. been crazy, though. Like we were after the game on Thursday, we were just hanging out and checking Gardner's Instagram, and within like you check it every hour, and he's gaining like ten thousand new followers, no, like wait. every thirty minutes. You wake up the next day, it's like fifty thousand followers. It's crazy, but it's been super cool just because I played against Gardner in college, um, came through in OTAs. He was one of the first friends I made, and you know he was a six round, you know six round, late round, you know undrafted guys. You know you kind of you know kind of sure. bond together. Like hey man, are we? we going to make it? You don't know. Um, and he's just kind of to see him go from, you know, kind of the, you know, backup six round late guy to where he's at right now has been super cool. And, and I guess is he hasn't changed a bit. He no, seems no, no. like the kind of guy completely unaffected yep. by it. And you can speak to this. Yeah. Well. Unaffected. And I think that's what will help him so much is he's not, like I said, he's not getting too high, just even kill. And I think that's a, it's a veteran. I'm sure you honest. watch that a little bit. Hey, how's the young kid responding to it? Yeah. Cause I mean, it I've seems seen, okay. I've seen guys get, get that and, and it can go a completely opposite way. But I think Gondor's done a really good job of remembering what got him there and remembering that work ethic and uh, staying consistent, mm-hmm. you know, coming to work every day and not letting the media attention and the attention of everyone else outside affect the way that he works in this building. You know, he still is 
probably the most humble guy in that huddle because he knows he's he still knows he's a rookie. And I think that that's awesome. You know, he can he can take command of the huddle, call a play and say, hey, this is what we need to do. But at the same time, still have the humility to say, hey, help me. And I think that's awesome. How'd you do against Gardner in college, by the way? Uh, he torched us. Not going to lie to you. Because <laughs> we went into the game. It was his first game. He was a transfer from East Carolina. Yeah. And we're, we're going in like, oh, they got a they got a, a grad transfer quarterback. We know they're going to run air raid, you know, Mike Leach offense. Let's, let's, let's go get after this guy. And it was – the crazy thing is it was like 20 to 19 with like eight minutes left to go in the game, and we ended up losing like 40 to 20. <laughs> Gardner, <laughs> oh, just, Gardner just – So I definitely gained uh, – you know, I, I respect all the guys I play against, but I'm not going to lie. I went into that game like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's get some picks on this guy and get him rattled, stuff like that. But he's a, he's a really good player. Not gonna lie to you, he and I think that's how some of these other teams, um, you know, you, you don't you don't look at a, a quarterback that's you know six foot whatever and say, oh, you know, this guy this guy ain't anything. And that's I think how how he's had so much success. Obviously, he's a really good player, but he's getting people by surprise for sure. And he he's 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 gaining that respect that he deserves. Final thoughts here, guys. Uh, big game coming up. I mean, this is a team still with some confidence, certainly with some yep. confidence now after a win on Thursday night football against a division rival. One and two record. Going a couple of time zones west, up in the altitude a little bit. But now looking at – I don't know how far you look ahead on the schedule. I know you're going to say game to game, week to week. I honestly have no idea who we play next. Uh, after Denver. Right? Yeah, no, I honestly like have not looked at a schedule. Um, I typically don't. Uh, and I don't really get excited, excited for anything. Everybody's like, oh, did you like circle Kansas City on the calendar? Yeah, because they were the first game. Uh, but like, there's, I honestly don't know who we play next. I don't really care. Uh, I know that Denver is a team that has a lot of pride. That's an organization that has a lot of pride. They've won football games. They've won championships, and they know how to bounce back, and that confidence is still there. And so we can't take this game lightly in any respect. You know, both teams are gaining some confidence right now moving forward. Both teams have stellar defenses. Both teams have offensives that are making adjustments. And so I think this is a great test for us going up against a program with that kind of tradition. Love it. Should be a great game on Sunday in Denver. Good to see you guys, Andrew. Thor, Dewey. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Man. Appreciate it. Andrew, thanks. Great job. Chris, well done. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Always. Uh, you're, you're the co-host. We're not having you. You're part of the show. I, I haven't gotten used to it yet, but we'll get there eventually. Thanks it's only week four. Us. Yeah, thanks oh, for having well, us on your welcome. program. You're welcome. I wouldn't rather be here with anyone else. <laughs> for our entire crew, John Ogre, J.P. Shatter. We'll see you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.